This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. I know, I know, I hope this, I hope this part makes it by itself to YouTube. Without the rest of the lecture. Yeah, the question is, there's indication there might be alien life outside of the planet Earth, and the Qur'an might even have a hint or two about it. Yes, some ulama have talked about it under samayat. My response, first of all, is, who cares? Why? Because we have such big problems right now, such really big problems in front of us, that we don't have time to get into any of this stuff. When people come and ask me, what's your opinion about the Prophet's birthday? I say, I don't have an opinion about the Prophet's birthday. Because that's not an issue. The issue is our children are doing drugs. The issue is kids are leaving Islam. That's an issue. You want to spend your energies debating whether it's halal or haram or bid'ah or sunnah? When you have people leaving the deen itself? What is wrong with you? It's a non-issue. What should we pray 8 taraweeh or 20 taraweeh? I don't care. People aren't even praying. Pray 13. I don't care. At least somebody come to the masjid at least. Come to the masjid at least. You know how many sisters have come up to me? I teach Surah Al-Rahman. And in Surah Al-Rahman, Allah talks about hellfire. And I remind people that we should be worried to save our families from the hellfire. Sisters coming up to me telling my husband is addicted to alcohol. What should I do? I don't know what to do. You know? I don't even know where to get help. Muslim family. And he comes, he's in the masjid right now, he's sitting there, but he's addicted to alcohol. And he gets angry if you talk to him about it. And, I'm, and that same guy is going to debate me whether or not I should raise rafayadin before I make ruku or not. Really? There's nothing else left to talk about? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We have to kill these issues. We have to kill them. We have to give life to the real issues. Parent raising our children, raising our daughters, specifically our daughters, you know, raising confident sons of Islam. How do we produce the da'is in this ummah? How do we produce them? How are we going to educate ourselves in the ummah and the Quran? How are we going to introduce the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ to everybody? Every man, woman, and child should know what this man was like and how he spent his life. How are we going to do that? How are we going to help our teenage students that are having trouble with their faith when they take an evolution class? How are we gonna... These are issues. This is right now. This is happening right now. Other stuff? It's, it's very interesting. I don't say it's not interesting. I think it's very interesting. I've, one time when I was younger, I read a 30-page paper on whether or not leather socks or cotton socks. For wudu. A 30-page paper. If you were to ask me to read that again, I would say no. And if anybody else was going to read it, I'd say, no, just follow a scholar, there's no bigger things to worry about, man. I don't care either way, just there's more important stuff. This is the Muslim mentality has to change. Our mentality has to become, what is priority? What is the real focus? And I, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody by this. But I do believe it's hurting the ummah. I personally am convinced of that, it's hurting the ummah. What the Qur'an made a priority, is a priority for us. What the Qur'an did not make a priority, is not a priority for us. And when, did Allah you know, uh, make a big deal out of the question where Allah is? People come and ask, where is Allah? Is He up in the seventh heaven or is He everywhere? Did Allah ask that question? Did the Sahaba ask that question? Did they repeatedly ask this question? No. 
our priorities should be the Qur'an's priorities. The things we repeat the most are the things Allah repeats the most. What does Allah repeat the most? Taqwa. Half taqwa, half taqwa. 200 sometimes taqwa. What does Allah repeat the most? Don't be like Bani Israel. Don't be like Bani Israel. That's what He repeats the most. That's what we should repeat. This is, this is what should become our main concern, our priority. You know, we, we have to get away from distractions. We really do. As a people. As a people. And the last comment I'll share with, this, with you about this. And I'm not saying any of you are like this, but I've seen this many times. There are people, they don't pray. And even if they pray, it's like one of those, the fastest prayer record you've ever seen kind of prayer. You ever seen those? As a cardiovascular exercise, it's a workout, their prayer. Okay? And then, they don't pray. Number two, they have no problem with riba in their life. No problem whatsoever. They have inappropriate kinds of gatherings. They have done nothing to raise their children. They are engaged in all kinds of haram business. But when they sit and discuss Islam, they say, Well, Islam, what does it say about... What is the seven heavens? What is that? And what does Islam say about slavery? And what does Islam say about, you know... You know, they come up with these, you know, four wives. What's this issue with four wives? This is all their Islam is. You know why? Because they're so deeply drowning in sin, they don't want to address that issue. That's the real issue. So they don't have to address that, but they still want to talk about Islam, so talk about something other on the side in Islam that doesn't have to do with my real life. So bring that up to me. Let's talk about that. How come the Qur'an says this about Jannah or that about Jannah? Or I need to understand, you know, what's going to happen to Christians on Judgment Day. Bro, what's going to happen to you on Judgment Day? Forget the Christians, what's going to happen to you? People come and ask me, well, you know, what do women get in Jannah? Allah will take care of them, don't worry about it. You get there. You're like, your, your ticket's already purchased, you're worried about the women now? <laughs> you know? Come on! We, we have to be realistic Muslims. Realistic. We deal with reality on the ground, and we look at our religion, and we look for solutions for the problems we're facing right now. You remember I told you we need a revolution in Islamic studies? This is what I meant. We have to study the issues that are afflicting the ummah right now. Not the old issues. Not the issues that nobody will benefit from. Not the issues that will not make any of you a better Muslim. If it won't make me a better Muslim, if it won't be, make me a better worshiper, a better, a better slave of Allah, a better father, a better husband, a better son, a better daughter, you know, a better citizen, a better contributor, a better donator. It won't make me any of these things. I don't want to know about it. I have a friend, uh, last comment, I promise. I have a friend, really smart guy, 4.0 GPA out of Harvard University. Smart, smart. I mean, I talked to him for two minutes, I feel so stupid. And he went and he wanted to do Islamic studies. So he went to Syria and he studied Hadith and he went somewhere else and he studied under some scholar. Incredibly intelligent person. And he finally he did his PhD thesis. He did a PhD thesis on the life of a scholar, one of the students of Imam al-Shafi'i. He did his PhD thesis on the life of one of the students of Imam al-Shafi'i, 400 page thesis. And I picked him up from the airport one time and I'm talking to him. So what was your thesis? He tells me about this scholar, his life, he's a very interesting person. He wrote this book and that book. I was like, so what happened to your thesis? He goes, it's been published. I was like, where is it published? From the university. So where is it sitting? In the library. Who's read it? He goes, he's smiling. He goes, I don't think anybody read it. I said, you're telling me you spent 12 years studying Islam. 12 years studying Islam with the intelligence that Allah gave you. And you studied something that nobody's reading? 
Is that their fault or your fault? You went into a subject that you found interesting. Why didn't you go into a subject that the ummah needed? Why didn't you think about it that way? What, is the, what do the Muslims need? What does this deen have to give the Muslims? Where are the people that are studying Quranic psychology? So we can give psychological counseling. Where are the people that are studying prophetic healing? Mediation. So conflict resolution between husband and wife. Conflict resolution between Muslims. Where are people that are studying? Do we need those issues? Yeah. But we're not even studying those issues. We like that we come up with a thesis or some obscure topic and we're going to study that like to the depths. And who's going to benefit from that? I don't know. Some other scholar who will only read it. <laughs> like, so the scholars, we're pushing people to become scholars in, the, in this bubble. That doesn't affect the society. Now, alhamdulillah, some scholars are coming out of that. And they're starting to deal with issues that actually have to do with Muslim life. And what's happening in the world. But we have to push that and propel that further. We have to push our ulama to give us solutions. They're the ones that are leading us. They're, they're our shepherds. But we sometimes, they become so in love with their books, that they don't know what's happening on the ground. I sat with an alim, a really qualified alim, a mufti. So honored to sit in his company. And I said, I want to ask you something. If a person does XYZ, a young person does XYZ, what do you, what do you say about him? He goes, it's haram, he can't do it, etc., etc. I was like, okay, let me give you some background. This happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this is the situation. And He goes, that's impossible, that would never happen. I said, it's happening every day. As a Muslim teenager. That's a life of... You know how they have a TV show I heard it called? Life of a Teenager? Life of the American Teenager? We should have another TV show. Secret Life of the Muslim Teenager. Seriously. And this alim is shocked. He cannot believe Muslim youth can be like this. That's not his fault. That's our fault. That we didn't go and even... Our ulama know the book. They know the book. They know the Quran, they know the sunnah. What don't they know? What's going on around them? We have to give them that. So they can give us the right guidance. We have to push them in that. You know the people of uh, riwayah and diraya it's called. The people of narration. Now, some of our ulama are like that. They really know what's going on around them. They do. But a lot of our ulama don't. And so the, the, the way they address issues is not in connection with what's going on in reality. It's, it's a problem. We have to build that generation. We're going to build a generation of young people that learn their deen and are connected with reality. That benefit from the scholars and are able to be the connection between the scholars and society. Our young people are going to teach our scholars, this is what's happening in society, you help us out now. This is the healthy state of an ummah. Where the ulama are connected with the people. And the youth are in between. The youth are the connection. We're going to raise that generation of youth, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah Azza wa Jal help our ulama do their job and make, make us truly benefit from them. Yeah. Can you repeat the, uh, two that you the two references that I want all the parents to listen to? Hisham al Awadi sets, may Allah protect him and preserve him. The first one is called Children Around the Messenger. Children Around the Messenger. And the second one is called Mothers of the Believers. Mothers of the Believers. It's really, really brilliant work. He's only got two or three lectures up on YouTube. They're all worth listening to. It's very rare that you find lectures from him on YouTube, but if you find them, listen to him. It's worth your time. And sit there and take notes in his lectures. It is worth your time. <coughs> Inshallah ta'ala. Barakallahu alaykum. Thank you so very much. I, I think it's time for Salat now, right? It's time for Salat. So shukran lakum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.